Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda, we got a lot happening in the world. And I'm live in studio with Adrian Lawrence, attorney at law. Adrian? Yes, it's good to be here, finally. Yeah, I know, right? In this person. is so dope. All right, give us some dap. Yep. We're gonna get right into it. Okay, you know, um, I thought I saw it all. But here it is, a black pastor gets arrested for watering plants. Yeah, let's go ahead and put up his picture. Quite unbelievable. This is in Alabama, okay? The man did nothing else but water plants. Childersburg, Alabama. The pastor was arrested after watering his neighbor's flowers over the weekend. He believes it was a misunderstanding that should have been handled much differently. Let me give you some background uh, to this. He was actually being a good neighbor by request of his neighbors. Michael Jennings, that's the preacher, is the pastor at Vision of Abundant Life Ministries in Alabama and has been in ministry for more than 30 years. He's also a good neighbor in his hometown. He said, and I quote, my neighbor goes out of town a lot, and they wanted me to watch their house and keep their flowers watered, said the pastor. Sunday after church services, Pastor Jennings went over to his neighbor's house to water the roses. Another neighbor did not recognize who he was and called the police to report a suspicious person on the property. Okay, let's go ahead and go down the rabbit hole here. The entire reason why this was reported is because he's a black male. A white male would not have been reported even if the neighbor did not know who the white male was. If a white male was watering roses, the white male would have never had 911 called on him, but the black male did. Another element here, and I say this often, when you call the police, you're calling a gun. You have to understand that when you call a gun, even when there's no criminal activity, things can go south quickly. We have reported on those stories many times here. There's more. Officers responded, all right? So the cops show up, they get a 911 call. Officers responded, made contact with the pastor who did not have his identification on his persons. He doesn't have to. He's in his neighbor's yard watering plants as the neighbor requested. Pastor Jennings said he did tell the officers who he was and why he was there. All right, another element. He says, hey, uh, this is my name. This is where I live. And this is why I'm here. I'm watering roses, right? The cop said, give me some ID. I said, no. Why did the pastor say no? Because I know some people will say, well, why did he just go in the house and run and get ID? The pastor said no because the pastor has dignity. The pastor said no because the pastor refused to show freedom papers because he doesn't have to. I said no, I don't have to give ID because there ain't no crime being committed. This preacher speaks the truth. I said, but what I will do is I tell you, I am Pastor Jennings and I live right across the street right there and I said, you can go ask my wife, said Pastor Jennings. So now you have a very simple confirmation opportunity here. 
The police officer, who is a trained investigator, can simply confirm this story if he chooses. Very simple. Protocol established. He does not need to show ID. There's no criminal activity. If you want to verify based on your prelim investigation, go ahead and do so. Here's what happened. Jennings said that when he continued to water the plants, he was then detained. A third officer identified as a sergeant arrived on the scene And that's when the pastor said tensions escalated. He got out of the car. He was already fired up. I'm telling him, you're making a mistake. This is wrong, what y'all are doing, Jennings recalled. He said the sergeant yelled back, shut up and listen. You talk too much. I said, you don't tell me to shut up. I'm a grown man. You're going to jail. That's it. Lock him up. All right. According to the police incident report, officers claimed Jennings was belligerent, walking away from police and threatened a lawsuit for racial profiling. By the way, none of that is illegal. All right. The longtime clergy lead admitted he was not happy, but said none of his actions warranted an arrest. And that is correct. Jennings said, and I quote, I think it was profiling. And because I did not talk to them the way they wanted me to talk to them, it made them angry and they decided We are going to arrest him, said Jennings. Now, let's go to the original neighbor, all right? The original neighbor who started this whole madness, who called the police, told officers that she made a mistake and begged the cops not to arrest Pastor Jennings once she realized it was her friend and neighbor. The woman's account is detailed in the incident report. I looked at it earlier today. But Jennings was still charged with obstructing governmental operations. Literally in the report that she filed, it said, I made a mistake. I got it wrong. There was no crime being committed. He doesn't need to go to jail. Even with that being part of the record, these Alabama cops decided to still arrest a black man in his own community for being a good Samaritan, a good man, a good neighbor, a decent individual, because they wanted to put him in his place so to speak. There's more. Let's put up a picture of the police chief. All right. Does that shock you? His name is Rick McClendland. He's the police chief of Childersburg, Alabama. He declined an interview with CBS 42 because he said he was just getting caught up to speed on some of the details. He promised a full investigation and said he would take whatever action was necessary after looking into the matter. He's a damn lie. Let me tell you why he's a lot. This is not a first, this is not the first time that his department has been under scrutiny for racial intimidation, racial bias, and even corruption. He has done nothing about it. He will likely do nothing now. Systemic bias, racism is at play here. Unfortunately, the neighbor who got involved um, saw a black man. The black man happened to be her friend. Isn't that ironic? All right, we're going to continue to follow this story. Uh, The pastor is outraged, obviously. The members of that community are standing with him. We stand with him as well. Uh, But this is part of the reason why we have to continue to fight the injustices in this country. This pastor, and, and I'm not trying to be hyperbolic, this pastor could be dead right now, okay? This pastor could be severely injured right now. And you have to think about it in context. All he did was be a good neighbor in a community where it's strange to see a black face according to the cops or his neighbor. All right, Uh, Adrian, attorney at law, let me probe your legal mind on this, right? 
what these cops did after they realized this was not a criminal suspect, can they be charged with the crime themselves? Uh, it's it's unlikely that they would be charged with a crime in part because they're going to come up with various excuses and they're not going to admit that they knew better, that they knew that this individual wasn't posing a threat at all and that there was no probable cause to detain, to arrest him, no, no reasonable suspicion, no nothing. Um, they're going to continue to proclaim that he posed a threat, even though it's clearly not true. It's just really sad in this situation where it seems that racism is there at the beginning, middle and end of every bit of this story. The fact that the neighbor who says, "Oh, this is my neighbor and friend, she sees a black man watering plants and her instinct is I need to call police. This is a black body here that's posing a threat. And it also speaks to the fact that she can't even recognize maybe that is my neighbor. And it's it's this implicit bias and way of saying you don't belong here. And also saying that your black body, just the presence of it means criminality. And then the officers coming into play with wanting him to know his place and to put him in his place. And by virtue of the fact that he was unwilling to be put in his place and that he also had a legitimate right to be there and lived in that neighborhood, they felt that they need to make sure that he suffered to a certain extent. And then we see with the um, the police chief essentially just you know blowing smoke yeah. at the incident and not going to do anything. It just shows you how our everyday lives are impacted by virtue of racism. Yeah, and sometimes we let these chiefs get away with this mess when they say, "Oh, I, I haven't wrapped my head around what really happened." You, first of all, you're the chief investigator, you're the head of the police, and you have access to what we do not have access to, and you're able to probe your officers. So you should know more than anybody else. And here's the other part of it: I'm glad the pastor spoke up for his own rights because I guarantee you, the vast majority of the time, the individual who is accosted in this way, they feel as if, listen, if I don't just do what they say do, something bad is going to happen to me. And they have to think about their family, their own personal lives. But it's time out for this yes or boss stuff, okay? If the pastor would have just said yes or boss, then he doesn't get arrested, okay? But we also don't get the opportunity to highlight this guy, put his name and picture back up, the chief of police. We missed the opportunity to expose corrupt agencies like he is, all right? So you gotta speak up. I know it's not the most beneficial thing sometimes. Maybe it's an inconvenience, um, but it gives us opportunity to expose those that act in corruption. Isn't this fascinating? A Michigan couple said that literally the police asked for a bribe. Okay, let's put up the picture of the young lady. This is quite interesting. Michigan couple says their town seized the building they owned and then demanded they buy two cars for the police department to get their own property back. This happened in December of 2020 when the mayor of Highland Park and the police chief dropped by a 13,000 square foot building owned by Justina and Matt Cosbio for an impromptu fire code inspection, all right? Uh, that's Justina. This is going to have some twists and turns here. Let's keep a picture up. The city officials found a marijuana grow operation inside. Uh, they are immigrants from Poland, say they had a state license to grow medical marijuana, but the city seized the building anyway and held on to it for 17 months without charging them with a the crime. Um, let's put up the vehicle list. Uh, message, okay? Mr. Ford, this is what it says. 
Mr. Ford asked me to reach out to you and send you a copy of two vehicle quotes from the Ford company. Vehicle one, stock number $34,295. Vehicle two, stock number and then the price $32,295 as well. I attempted to send this to your email last week, but it was rejected. Also, I wanted to advise you that to date, we still have not received the requested information regarding the trailer that was taken from 14015 Hamilton. Without that information, I cannot list that vehicle as stolen. If you could have the registered owner contact me, I can file the report for them. Uh, this is from a lieutenant, all right? Wayne County, where Highland Park is located, has an aggressive asset forfeiture program, all right? Particularly for cars. It sees more than 2,600 vehicles between 2017 and 2019, raking in more than 1.2 million in asset forfeiture revenues, according to public records. Of those, 473 were not accompanied by a criminal conviction at all. And 438 of those cases, no one was ever charged with a crime at all. In 10 cases, the cars were seized under suspicion of a drug violation even though records say police found no drugs whatsoever. All right, so this couple is speaking out. Uh, now, you got to keep in mind, this is not the first time this has happened with this police department. This is uh, definitely a one-two combination. And in this one-two combination, you have a few individuals involved. Uh, let's put up Mayor uh, Herbert Yop and former Sheriff Kevin Coney. Okay, there you have it. That's them. They are the persons who were in charge of this ring. All right, how is this legal? Under civil asset forfeiture laws, police can legally seize property, cash, cars, and even houses. Suspected of being connected to criminal activity like drug trafficking, whether or not the owner has been charged with a crime. But not only were the Cosbills never charged with a crime, police never alleged there was any major criminal activity. In a response to an interrogatory filed by the family subsequent to the lawsuit against Highland Park, a city police officer answered none when asked to identify any predicate felony offenses justifying the seizure. Things then took a highly unusual turn when the couple said they received a settlement offer from the town, stop growing marijuana, and buy two vehicles for the local police department. This is getting out of damn control. That is bribery, that is exploitation, that is criminal conspiracy, and they are so damn comfortable that they are willing to put it in writing. You gotta think about this, they are out of control. They know they are untouchable. This is what happens when you mix all of this power and corruption and then the protection thereof in one place, in one industry. You get shakedown just like this. Now remember, I just read the stats to you. So they are seizing roughly a thousand cars that should not even be seized based on the forfeiture rules, right? You know how many of those they have went to, those people they went to and said, well, listen, we'll give you a car back even though we should not have seized it anyway. We'll give you a car back. You go ahead and uh, buy us a couple of cars, uh, donate some money here, uh, give us a perk there. It's corruption. Which means corruption begets corruption. This is not the only line of corruption in that department. This is just one that has been exposed. Adrian, how in the hell are they getting away with this?
Well, they're getting away with it because they're part of law enforcement and the law is not being enforced. It is being exploited in these individuals as well. And the thing is, civil asset forfeiture laws, they are problematic to begin with because while they are in place, if there is criminal activity and there is a fear that any kind of gains from that criminal activity is what funded maybe the money, the cars or whatnot, which does make sense in certain instances, the vast majority of the time in which it's used, it's abused, such as in this situation. For example, in California, there's significant incentive for civil forfeiture by law enforcement. What we know is what 76% of forfeiture proceeds, they go to law enforcement, including prosecutors. And so it is just a form of corruption, really, if they know that they can continue to fill their coffers and all they have to do is pick up your things and say, hey, I think this is possibly associated with something criminal. And then they can keep hold your money and they get to put it into their pockets and have access to it. And we definitely know what law enforcement uses a lot of those funds for um, as we're seeing our militarized state. The fact is that this is exploiting the people and taking advantage of the people. But of course, we know it's not happening to the one percenters. It's happening to the rest of us. That's right. And and it's also not happening in affluent communities. Correct. Uh, I got to dig a little deeper here because I'm going back to uh, constitutional law for a second, right? So my professor would say, listen, in order for somebody to take away your uh, life, your liberty, and even property, Correct. they have to engage in a due process mandate. This seems to violate the very tenet of that due process requirement. How do they, what's the work around here in the law? Oh, well, they, um, they've completely worked around it by virtue of the fact that in some instances, because uh, I know that Michigan, I think in 2021, joined like I think maybe 15 other states that require it essentially be involved in some kind of criminal activity. Mm -hmm. So they put it in that arena that will require that that constitutional law is respected and afforded, mm -hmm. where we have, uh, you know, the Fourth Amendment right to search and seizure and making sure that all of the protocols are followed, which hopefully will actually be done, but police always have a workaround. But in other instances where it's strictly in that civil arena, then it becomes due process at a very much lower level. Yeah where there's a way you can paper people to death. And when you're holding assets for that long, nobody's gonna pay you interest mm -hmm. on not being able to have your car available to you. What if you continue, you're probably paying insurance on it still, even a note on it, and you don't have access to it. So, yep. you know, your hands are tied and what do you end up doing? You end up conceding to law enforcement. And what are you gonna do? Try to get it, try to get them prosecuted for it when the prosecutors are also being able to take a percentage of the forfeiture. Right. It's just, this is corruption at its finest. Such a damn racket. Purdue, who's running for governor in the state of Georgia, tells Stacey Abrams that she needs to go back where she came from. Here's the video. Hey, she ain't from here. Let her go back where she came from. She doesn't like it here. The only thing she wants is to be president of the United States. She doesn't care about the people of Georgia. That's clear. Hey, she ain't from here. Let her go back where she came from. She doesn't like it here. The only thing she wants is to be president of the United States. She doesn't care about the people of Georgia. That's clear. Stacey Abrams, African-American female, running for governor. Now, remember, the primary election is today, Republican primary, Democratic primary. Purdue may not even advance in the Republican primary, but he's taking shots directly at Stacey Abrams. Now, he has a problem with black women in particular. If you remember during the campaign trail, he said this about then candidate for VP, Kamala Harris. And Kamala, what Kamala, or Kamala, 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 I don't know. 
whatever, and Kamala, or what, Kamala, or Kamala, 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 I don't know, whatever. Okay, uh, it's disrespectful, uh, and it's red meat for his base. He knows exactly what he's doing. Even the trope that he made about go back to where you came from, uh, and everybody started smiling and applauding. He understands what he's doing. He's not saying you need to um, go to the state you were born in, uh, which would be Madison, Wisconsin. And the reason why, and I know people push back and say, oh, Doc, he, he was talking about the state she was born in. Let me tell you why that's not true. Purdue has never referred to any of his white opponents in that way. Out of his white opponents, 80% of them were not born in the state of Georgia. Have you ever heard him say they need to go back to where they came from? Get my point? All right. Adrian, thoughts here? No, you're absolutely right. And this is also part of the game that we often see when white people engage in this racist rhetoric is saying, oh, no, that's not what I meant. You took it wrong. Or, oh, it was just a joke. It was just in jest. It's, it's part of this white supremacy kind of push, this thought that, oh, it's not as you see it. And uh, same kind of thing when we look at what the KKK and the fact that they wear hoods because it's this thought of a ghost. You didn't really see it. Yeah. And so when we have these implications of racism and here with the massage noir targeting this black woman in particular, what we're seeing is racism, sexism play out in form. And the fact also that what, um, Donald Trump dropped Purdue. It's yeah. kind of like he's truly showing his real colors and he is not going to win. But what he will definitely be is labeled a racist as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, and his actions definitely are racist. Uh, and, and let me say this because he was posed a question, a question that almost every Republican has to be asked now. When you lose, will you accept the outcome of the election? Here's how he answered that question. That's why that poll's Well, if it's fraud or not, that's it, right? Nothing else. So this has now become the new thing with Republicans. They are not going to accept defeat. They are not going to accept the outcome of an election, even though they tell you to vote because the election is actually secure. That's what they will say. Vote for me, your vote will count. But then they lose, they will say, ah, you know, really didn't count because it was all rigged and there was a conspiracy against me. Okay, uh, Adrian, find your thoughts on this one. Yeah, definitely. It's a sense of entitlement. This yeah. thought that no, I deserve this spot. This spot is mine. I don't even have to earn it. And thus, in the event that it's not given to me, I know it could not have been fair because I am entitled to it. And it's in that same vein of um, of telling her to go back to where you're from. It's this uh, sentiment that this is my land. I am entitled to this. I have a right to this. And we know that history definitely doesn't support that in any way. But just this entitlement, it is dangerous, it is scary, and it is anti-democracy. It is, and it's pro-white privilege. And here's the other dynamic. You know, we're supposed to live in a country where people pick the politician. We're now starting to de-evolve into a country where the politician picks the people, they pick the voters. Uh, and they are seizing power in a dictatorship fashion. Uh, this is the beginning of a dictatorship network uh, that we have to fight against uh, vigorously. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me remind everyone, we have primary coverage tonight. 
Um, we are looking at a few states, uh, me, Jank, and John uh, will call uh, elections for Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, uh, and Texas. Make sure to watch us at TYT.com forward slash live, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, okay? Let me read some of these amazing uh, comments. All right, thank you for chiming in. Uh, Lynn says, watering roses while black. That's a new one, isn't it? All right, that's an entirely new one. All right, um, YouTube, Super Chat. Um, happy birthday, Doc. You had me catch your feelings last night, mm-hmm. being in casual attire on old school. Why does Georgia got to be so far from me? Isn't that something? You know, but there's no distance when true love is involved. <laughs> I'm about to get in trouble. All right, <laughs> David Morris. If a white male was breakdancing on the building's roof, no cops would have been called. All right, let's go to Jax Drax. Uh, the cop just wanted to see his freedom papers in 2022. That's right. That's exactly correct. Uh, this was about putting someone in their place, so to speak. Okay. Uh, Captain Cornball, sounds like a protection racket to me. All right. Uh, progressive, positive, LMFT. Um, how is watering plants suspicious? That's right. All right. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel great! Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Um, You did not speak to us for the first five minutes. What's your deal? Because I was hoping you would walk away. I was hoping you'd drive away. Because why? I can't. I can't use the dumpster. No, go use someone else's dumpster. Unless okay. you're gonna pay us so, for when it gets full. Okay, I live here then. No, no, no. you don't. How, how do you tell me where I live? Because you don't understand. There's not that many places here, and we know almost everyone who lives here. Because you haven't seen my truck. No, I, I know you here. don't live here, and I'll bet you a million dollars. You want to bet a million dollars? You don't live here. I, I live here. Great. Just please, just back away. I don't want to touch you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh-oh. I'm not going to back away. I'm Why are you not going to back away? I live here. No, oh, no, I'm just going to take your picture since you took mine. Uh, He's so cute. Thank you, ma'am. Okay. But I live here. What was your name? My name's Cherry Atwood. Okay, Miss Cherry. And I live here, and I'm not paying extra for trash. It's not mine. I live here Come as on, well. Come on, man. I don't have a job. All the reason I ask. I live here as well. I'll answer okay, your well, question. Okay, well, then why don't I help you empty that, and you can walk to your house with you. Uh, why do you need to walk to my house? If you want to help me, please do so. I would love Only it. Only if you tell me which number. No, you go. I'm not in crying right now. I, I live here, okay, to answer which your question. Which one? It's not your business, ma'am. Oh, I got more video. Uh, she said, my name is Carrie Ackwood. It's so close to being Karen. Mm. I just had to bring that up. There's more video. Here it is. I don't have to tell you all you're lying. If you can't prove it, you're lying. Why Where's your that- mail? Well, is this your wife, sir? No. No, I'm his okay. neighbor. Okay, please take your neighbor, please. Well, I live here. Well, you don't live here. Yes, I do. Buddy. Okay, let me see your card sticker. <laughs> What's wrong with her? Is she okay? Uh, I'm not okay because I don't have a job and I'm not paying for your trash. Well, I'm telling you I live here. Why would you flip me off? Because you're annoying and you don't live here and you're not being cool and real. Okay, what's you're being not being cool? Paid. Okay. You're totally taken. That's not cool. Because I'm telling you, I live here, and you don't, and you're lying your butt off, and you're just using our trash dumpster. But whatever. Okay. Karma will get your ass. Yes, ma'am. Sorry for the inconvenience. Okay. No, you're not. Yes, I am. You too. Another dumpster next time, maybe. <laughs> oh, Karen, 
Looks like karma's about to kick your ass because you're on indisputable. Look at you. Karenicity in this one runs deep. Uh, the black male that she decided to um, request freedom papers from actually has been at the property since 2016. Um, this particular Karen was out of control. Uh, but I also fought the male Karen with her. I know he was not as egregious or aggressive. Uh, but he definitely seemed as if he was down with the program, at least at first. And then I think he realized uh, this guy actually lives here. And instead of approaching his neighbor correctly and saying to her, hey, we need to go now. This guy is not doing anything wrong. Apologize to the brother that you all approached and keep it moving. So I blame both of these Karens um, when she says, where's your mail? All right, once again, she needs proof that you can exist next to her. Big ups to the guy who challenged that notion. Adrian? It's so wild to me how when we are in that space living on a daily basis like that man was since 2016, can't see us, have yeah. no idea. We're there, but for some reason, when they have this itching of, um, I don't know, maybe a little bit of racism, and they feel that they need to check us. Oh, we need to see your freedom papers. Oh, we need to see proof that you belong here. It again, it's this way of saying that you don't belong here. And by creating an environment in which we don't feel comfortable, and I'm really glad that that man stood up to her. And the thing is, he was so incredibly polite about it, yeah. where I am just tired. Leave me alone, go on about your business. And I do hope people get called out for this, that they are recorded and that they do face actual consequences because this behavior is disgusting. Yeah, extremely so. All right, I got a question for everybody. What in the red state hell? You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face, it's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now, what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never hate, I hate math. Somebody say amen. Damn it, white on white crime is out of control. All right. Uh, this was at a graduation. When are these thugs going to realize this will not be tolerated in our communities? I need for white leaders to come together, hold a press conference. All right. I need Bill O'Reilly, Sean Hannity, um, Tucker Carlson to address this. As a matter of fact, we may need to stop having white people go to graduations until we can figure this thing out.
if anything, we need to increase security. It's a scary out here. But, but really, it's like, the thing is, I really love the commentary from the individual who was recording. <laughs> the narrator was everything. Oh, amazing. Because also, too, when you watch people act up like that, please, I'm about to sell that footage somewhere. <laughs> That's right. And if one of you claims to be the victim and you want to have a civil suit and you need that proof, you're going to have to pay me for the footage. It was, so, right. it was so chaotic. I don't even know exactly who was in the wrong here or who was in the right. It was just, <laughs> all right. Okay, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We still got a lot of show left. Um, let me read some of these amazing comments. Knuckle Dragon says, I don't understand how people can be polite to Karen's. F that, I'm not having it ever. Uh, Bernard the Kiwi Dragon uh, requests permission to dub her dumpster Karen. Happy birthday, Doc. Uh, permission granted, all right? Uh, and thank you for the birthday shout out. A black teen lynched, all right, killed. The killers get a slap on the wrist. Let's put his picture up full mass. Dia John Reed was stabbed to death on May 31st, 2021 by a group that mobbed him after they alleged that he tried to rob one of them earlier, okay? That was their affirmative defense. One of the teen defendants wore a mask and gloves when he fatally stabbed Dia John with a kitchen knife, all right? Originally, the teen claimed self-defense, but a jury rejected the plea. The Birmingham Crown Court convicted a 15-year-old defendant whose name has not been made public because of his age of manslaughter in the killing of Dia Jean Reed. The unnamed boy was acquitted of murdering the child. The child was served, the boy was served six years and six months in detention for his killing, uh, getting out at 21. Now there's more. Uh, they got four others involved. Four others include George Kahn, 39 years of age. Michael Shields, 36 years of age. And two teenagers aged 15 and 16 were all acquitted of murder and punished with the lesser crime of manslaughter. Security footage also had the group shouting the N-word and other <clears throat> racial epithets at Joan Morris, Joanne Morris, the victim's mother. Says she believes she has been let down by the courts, adding her son had been haunted by a lynch mob Reminiscent of a scene from Mississippi burning, all right? Uh, in a statement, let's put up a picture of the family. Uh, in a statement, she said, the verdict of manslaughter while all others are found not guilty just goes to prove to me that the life of dear John Reed, my son, a young black man, does not matter. I was told that justice will prevail and I put my trust in the system. But I do sincerely believe that this system has let me down and I concur with her thoughts on this. Now, remember, this was criminal conspiracy. You had adults conspiring with minors. You have the murder. Nobody questions if the teenager was murdered. What they did is they decided to basically convict on these lesser penalties to where there will never be actual murder punishment. Okay, so that's what happened here. Uh, it goes to show you that racism and systemic bias is a global dynamic. This happened in the UK. And I know we talk about the system as if the system is all interconnected. It's not. There are various systems, right? The system in the UK is not the same as the system in the US. 
the system in LA is not the same as the criminal justice system in Atlanta. So why do they have very similar responses to black people? Why do they seem to have commonality in the way they handle or devalue black lives? Because it's not just system, it's culture. The reality is these cultures of the system are created by the same dynamic, which is a white male power structure. That was the creation. Remember, these systems were not created by people of color. They were created to regulate people of color, even the systems created in the UK. All right, Adrian, your thoughts here. No, um, you're absolutely right. The fact is that anti-blackness is everywhere. It is not something that is restricted to the United States and damn sure not just the southern parts of the United States. This, this is something global that we have to deal with and we have to confront. And it's clear that the UK courts there didn't want to face the fact that these individuals murdered this boy. Uh, and by virtue of not actually charging and convicting them of murder, it means that they get to evade having life imprisonment because it's a mandatory sentence for anyone convicted of murder in the UK. But instead with manslaughter means they're facing two to 10 years. And the fact is that they took this boy's life. It is clear that they did that. And also you had these adults conspiring with these children to do that. And yet even the adults get that kind of that option of not spending the rest of their lives in prison, even though they took this young boy's life. And instead they get that slap on the wrist of two to 10 years. That shows you what anti-blackness looks like and how it plays out and why it will continue to persist across the globe because there are no real consequences. Yeah, now let me show you what privilege looks like. A candidate for governor in the state of Georgia has now said that basically we need to kill sheriffs, execute them. She's a Republican. She has said we need to execute sheriffs. Do you think law enforcement or maybe other Republicans, conservatives, do you think they're coming out against her for saying this? I mean, this sounds anti-police, does it not? All right, uh, let's go to the first video. Her name is Candace Taylor. Here it is. Did they think we're dumb? If nothing happened, why did you have Senate Bill 202 and have the All-Star Game move out of the state and lose millions of dollars? Why'd you do that? They know it was hijacked. They know. And they know if they investigate it like they're supposed to, somebody's going to prison. Or maybe they're going to be shot by a firing squad. That's what the Constitution says. I didn't write it. You swear to uphold an oath of office. Yep, that's right. And if you don't do it, it's treason. And treason says death by firing squad. That, yeah, she, she's talking about killing sheriffs, all right? Because she is saying that they did nothing to protect this country from the big lie, all right? Um, there's more, here it is. We're not making backroom deals with sheriffs. They're the highest constitutional officer in their county. And they're gonna do the will of the people. I don't mind handcuffing them either. But I don't care. I don't mind handcuffing any single person who does who breaks the law and goes against our government. The Constitution says when you commit treason, it's death by firing squad. I didn't write it. Okay, she's calling to kill the police again. Now imagine if somebody who's a member of Black Lives Matter said anything like this. I mean, this will be front center on Fox News, right? Maybe even CNN. Black Lives Matter leader says, kill the sheriffs, line them up, firing squad, execute them. It says it in the Constitution. Not a peep. Nobody is affixing the narrative that she's anti-police, even though she literally is calling for the death of police. And 
you have in the background Jesus, guns, and babies. Okay. Jesus, guns, and babies. Let me say that again. Jesus, guns, then the babies. Not babies. Babies are at the end of her priority list. Okay. There's more video about Native Americans and slavery and some other ridiculous things she said. Here it is. I said something about Native Americans the other day because my great-grandmother four generations ago was a Native American, full-blooded Cherokee Indian, and they suffered. They were murdered. Their land was taken. From the formation of this country, we had genocide happening in America. There has been bloodshed happening here since the inception. Jesus Christ died with bloodshed for our freedom. Freedom comes with a cost. And what I said was, we cannot look away and say, well, the Indians died. Black people died in slavery. We have, and white people too. I'm sorry to report, that's not it. There's more. Candace Taylor, I'm the one you've been waiting for. You're a terrorist uh, and you are encouraging the killing of police officers. And nobody is talking about this because you're white, you're conservative, you're a Trump humper and they don't think you are actually anti-police. But let a black person say the things that she has said. Let someone from Black Lives Matter do a commercial with a blowtorch. Let that happen. This gives you a clear indication that this country creates exception for who they want to create exception for. Uh, This individual running for governor, she's actually on the ticket for Georgia gubernatorial uh, candidacy today. Um, She is likely not to advance, I don't think, but she is well respected in ultra conservative circles in the state of Georgia. Fascinating. Adrian? You know what? This is the Marjorie Taylor Greene effect where Mm. we're seeing the most uh, just incompetent, raggedy, ignorant uh, women (laughs) in the South, especially Georgia, coming out and trying to lead the way in terms of leadership. You know, throwing out the Bible, throwing out babies, guns, and seeing what sticks, but really just having no business being in any kind of leadership role and position at all. And that whole, you know, what is it? Jesus, guns, baby. What about baby Jesus? Where's that fit? That's, right. That's my question. Well, well I, I just want to ask. We gonna play her. dumb. Let's go ahead and have this conversation. Well, I, I hope to ask her about Black Jesus. Oh, uh, that's that. Point. That's too much of a conversation. Her head might explode. That's right. Marjorie Taylor Greene decided to go to her political opponent's campaign location and do this. Here it is. Just wishing you, uh, you guys some luck tomorrow. Yeah. How are you feeling? You feeling good about it? Yeah, pretty good. I think so. How are you? 
Oh, I'm doing great. Feeling fantastic about tomorrow. Okay. Does anybody, somebody working here? Yeah, we're just working off here. Yeah. A little messy at the front door, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Leaving the food around. Okay. In the chips. All right. Good luck, guys. This is what happens when Karen goes to Congress. Now, let me show you some background. So the guy that she's running against, his name is Marcus Flowers. Marcus Flowers is a very decent individual. I've met him a couple of times myself. Um, he was kicked out of an event that was pro Marjorie Taylor Greene. Okay, he, he was told he couldn't be there, all right? Even though he could have, they said he could not, all right? She now goes to his office. They did not kick her out. I would have kicked her ass out of the office quickly. But let's put up his uh, Twitter response, the political opponent, Marcus Flowers. He said, Marjorie Taylor Greene just stopped by our campaign office. Representative Greene kicked me out of her rally last year, but I didn't make her leave our office. I'd much rather voters in Georgia remove Representative Greene from her office in November. All right, so it's great for civility. I, def I definitely uh, would not have been. Um, with the tweet, he also shared security footage of showing an alternate angle of uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Here it is. After entering the race, Marcus Flowers tried to get into a rally that Marjorie Taylor Greene and Representative Matt Gates uh, held in Georgia and turned the outing into more social media content. Just got kicked out of the America First rally with Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates because they said I was a threat. Flowers says in a video his campaign posted on Facebook. I'll put up a picture of Mr. Flowers, okay? He's running for the U.S. Congress against Marjorie Taylor Greene. He is the top fundraiser on the Democratic side. Flowers is among three Democrats competing for the chance to out Greene. Uh, he never misses a chance to mention her saying things like, I'm Marcus Flowers, Army veteran and Democrat running to unseat Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm glad that he's very uh, vocal about it. Uh, Flowers has become the top fundraising Democrat, as I said. Uh, this strategy helped him raise more than $8.1 million by early May, according to his most recent campaign finance report. As of May 16th, according to the Federal Election Commission's website, he had raised more money than any congressional challenger in the country, despite the fact that experts doubt a Democrat can win Georgia's 14th district, even with a recent redistricting making it ever so slightly less red. Jen Jordan, a Georgia state senator supporting Mr. Flowers said victories aren't the only way to measure a long shot's political value, especially in a state like Georgia, where an uptick in turnout can have broader consequences. It's all about losing less, said Jordan. And I actually understand that. I say often that there's no finality in democracy. True democracy creates no final conclusion, true democracy. Now we are almost at a dictatorship. All right, so that may evaporate in the future. But right now you still have at least a functional democracy. And a functional democracy is not always about W's and L's, wins and losses. It's also about the strategy of motivation. The reason why Stacey Abrams possibly could win the state of Georgia is because she almost won the state of Georgia, allowing people to know this is actually possible in the state of Georgia. And without a Stacey Abrams almost winning the state of Georgia, you don't get a Senator John Ossoff and a Senator Reverend Raphael Warnock actually winning the state of Georgia. You also don't get a Lucy McBath in Congress without Stacey Abrams 
pulling at the top of the ticket. So the strategy is more than just wins and losses. It's also about how you connect to the broader world and the broader atmosphere of politics. All right, uh, Jordan believes flowers can help Democrats in tighter races, like with Senator Raphael Warnock. Um, who is up for re-election. Flowers often says his decision to enter politics was heavily influenced by the 2020 killing of George Floyd. He has described the January 6, 2021 attack as a moment running for Congress became mission critical for me. He frames his candidacy as a virtuous expression of underdog resolve. Do you just say you're a Democrat? You don't run at all. You don't put up a fight. You just sit back and say, it's an unwinnable race, he says. That ain't me. All right, uh, thoughts here. Yeah, I, I find that to be very inspiring and something yeah. we need more of. We need people who are willing to push back, to fight, to actually um, just put up some effort when it comes to saving our democracy because you have individuals like Marjorie Taylor Greene who are out here and they are leading the brigade when it comes to just utter nonsense that is undermining our democracy. And I really hope that Georgia's 14th district gets it together because the reality is is that she is not fit for leadership of that district or in any capacity. And so it just it's very upsetting when you see so many constituents elevate individuals who are just completely unfit and also very dangerous to the future of this nation and continue to uplift them. So I just really hope that Georgia's 14th district does make the right decision this time. Yeah, so we'll see. I've met some of them. Anyway, always a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you, check out all of your great work. Oh, well, definitely hit me up on Twitter at Adrian Law. And then also I will be on Rebel HQ overruled very soon. And definitely you can check out all of my videos and my insight there. Beautiful. All right. Uh, don't forget, Deep Dive is next. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.